I love the Gospel Project, Bible Project. It just gives you a great overview. And so that's what we've been going through. So if you've missed it, wasn't that good? Just kind of bring you through and remind you of everything that uh, we've been learning. And so in, um, in Exodus, we're going to close out that last part in Exodus where uh, it's 16 through 18. And that's where I wanted to go today because a lot of things have happened. So we're going to read a lot of scripture, make some very few points, but they're very important. But also just to remind us of what God is doing. Remember, we are. Remember, we are in the section of of the uh, of Exodus where we see chapters two through uh, uh, really where we are now, that God is our protector and our provider. Remember, he's protecting, he's providing. He's got the cloud uh, leading them. He's got a fire behind them. Then he, he leads them. He takes care of them. He provides for them. So um, I just wanted to go ahead and start reading at Exodus uh, chapter uh, 15, verse 22. And remember, they just sung uh, the, we just sung the, that psalm, that first psalm that we've ever seen or, or know about uh, in God's Word. And we're going to read, uh, but before I do, I want you to know this is what we're focusing on today. So when you walk away, I always like to walk, remember, I like to walk, help you walk away with a point that can help you. That the whole time, we're going to look at them grumbling and complaining and whining. You ever heard a grumbler, complainer, whiner? Right, uh, like uh, I was with a group of college friends one time, and I don't, I don't know, I'm not smart enough to, to come up with something so quick. So maybe God gave it to me. But boy, all he was doing is complaining about school and whining. We were in a, we were in a mall, and I thought, oh, what I thought was, hey. What I wanted to say was, why don't you stick a sock in that mouth of yours, okay? So instead of doing it, I thought of it, and I sh- saw a shoe store. I was, hey, guys, can y'all come in here for a minute? And he's whining and complaining and complaining. I remember it was in Longview Mall, and I said, they go, what are you doing? I go, I need some socks. And I went, took it, and I said, hey, why don't you put this in your mouth? And he goes, what? And he goes, yeah, put it in. I was thinking the same thing because the whole time he was just griping. There are people that are around us that seem to gripe and complain, and uh, they're very negative people. I used to just steer away from them. Now I just look at them. Yeah, I just don't even respond to a negative. They want you to respond because they're going to refute everything you're saying. So really, you ought to try it. It's a little awkward at first, but it sure does shut them down. So all of a sudden, you have somebody just look at them. And they go, what? And I said, just want to see if there's anything else you want to complain about. And just to help them through it. So the people are grumbling and they're quarreling. Later on, we're going to see that they went from grumbling and saying, wait, well, we need water, we need food. But there's one little place where all of a sudden it says, then they begin to quarrel. So grumbling, it turns into quarreling. You know what I mean? You grumble about something, somebody's going to finally get tired of it. That e- either isn't wise enough to know that you're just a negative person or uh, they just don't know how to handle you. And so they're going to start quarreling with you. All right. But while all this was going on, what I want us to see in this today that God was doing this. God was leading his people. He was leading Moses. He was leading them. He still, remember we forget that. We thought, oh, once they get over to the Red Sea, um, they they know where to go. No. The cloud was still there. The cloud was still leading them. The cloud was leading them for three days. And we know by the scripture that God was testing them. God was saying, I need you trusting me through all this, but are you going to trust me? Because even though you thought the hardest part was leaving, the hardest part is going to happen. 
This is something that is, it seems like this was like action, action, action. You know what I'm saying? After that, it was pretty much walk in the desert, get thirsty, walk in the desert, eat manna, walk in the desert. You know? It just was over and over. And he goes, you got to stick with me through all this. Have a fight. Have a battle. Walk in the desert. Need something to eat. Here's some quail. Here's some manna. And those are the things that we're going to look at. So uh, it says this. It says, while uh, God was leading, he was also speaking. He was speaking to Moses. He was speaking to Aaron. He was giving them direction. He was feeding. He was feeding them. He was literally feeding them manna and feeding them meat. And he was trying to feed them spiritually to say, I need you to understand this. I'm your God. You need to be obedient and loyal to me. I'm the one that got you out of the mess. I am your great king. And then he was weeding because we're going to see some scripture and you're going to see it where, and when I say weeding, I, I, you know, I don't like, I don't like really flower beds. I would put cement in my whole yard if I could. I just, you know, I enjoy flower beds. For those of you who like them, they're nice, but you have to constantly weed. So now I'm, I've got this deal where every time I walk in my house, I, I tell y'all before, I always weed. I can go home and I'll, I'll just pick them out. I'll walk outside with no shoes on just to see what's going on because I heard something and I'll go, oh, I got a weed. And now weeding is no big deal to me because I do it all the time. Uh, well, God was weeding uh, these people out too. He was also showing, and I don't think we realize this, but at some point, and you, you'll see it in just a few minutes when we read, at one point it says that the Israelites did this, the Israelites did this, but at one point it started being and some. So he's weeding. He's saying, who's going to follow me and who's going to not follow me? And it says that they, they, they would go in stages, different stages. And you see these hundreds of thousands of people together and they're watching one another. You hear? They're watching one another and he's weeding them out. And some are going, you know, he said to pick up that manna one, one day. Oh, I, I thought somebody was talking to me. They said, uh, uh, they, they said to, to, uh, to take the manna, and then it would melt. But it said in some, some would do this and some would do that. So all the while, while you're grumbling, and I say you, I say me, when we're grumbling, complaining about whatever it is we don't like, God is trying to do this. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to speak to you. He's going to feed you spiritually. He's going to take care of you, provide for you. But he's also going to pull some weeds out of your life. He's also going to pull some people out of your life. He's going to reveal, hey, within your heart, there are some weeds in there that need to be plucked out of unforgiveness or anger. Are you, are you with me? And that's what he does. And so I want to go to the scripture. We're going to read very quickly, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with this today. It says this. It says, then Moses uh, led Israel from, in chapter 15, 22, it was right after the song they had sang the poetry that was there. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, a lot of people like to say the three days represents Jesus. There's nowhere in scripture that it says that. But if that's what you want to believe, that's fine. The three days was to say we're one wandering in the, the wilderness. And when they came to Mara, which means bitter, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. So if that were in the original Hebrew, it would say when they went to Mara, and they drink the waters of Mara, for they were Mara, therefore it was named Mara. So the people grumbled at Moses, 
saying, What shall we drink? See? And then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet, and there he made for them a statue. Not a statue, but a, a statue regulation. And, and this regulation, and there he tested them. He said, listen, I, I want you to know, I know that's their first grumbling. What are we going to drink? We're complaining. What's going to happen? Uh, now, to walk around three days, you got to remember, you've got to, I, I, I sat down last night at my, my table and I just closed my eyes where I was just working. I thought, what would it have been like to walk with 100,000 people for three days and there's no water? Now, you got to remember, they're thirsty. They're probably rationing it out. The animals are kind of bleeding for, you know, they're thirsty. And you, you finally get frustrated. But what they forgot, three days, and they forgot the magnificent, unfathomable glory of God through the spread, spreading of the, white, the, the Red Sea. Does it go away that, that fast for us when God speaks to our heart? No, but look here. It's, when, when God speaks to your heart, sometimes does it go away very quickly? You forget what he did to, to, for you? Three days. And I think sometimes we're very quick to forget what God was doing. And also, I want you to notice that uh, uh, if you go back, it says this. It says, uh, uh, the waters of Marfa were there, where people, it was bitter, what shall we drink? And people grumbled at Moses. And it says, uh, well, I can't go forward. Go forward one, if you would, Dave. Uh, then he cried out to the Lord. And I love that line that they whined to him, and then he cried out to the Lord. He did the right thing. As a pastor, for me, I'm looking at that going, okay, when people complain to me, that's what I try to do. It's like they're going, hey, something's going on. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I'll say, okay, thank you. Then I look at God and say, what do you want me to do with them? I don't know what to do with them. I can't, I can't change them. Right? People are going to be sit down and they're about to get divorced. And I, they say, oh, we're, and I try to work with them. But after I'm done and before I'm, while I'm counseling, I'm going, what do you want me to do? They'll tell me things. And in my mind, I'm saying, hey, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. Give me a scripture. Give me something that they need. Remind me of a memory. And these are the things that Moses said. Many quickly went to him. And it says this. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord. Now look at this. Give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God. And do what is right in his sight. And give ear to his commands. And keep all his statutes. He says, I'll, I'll, not put, I'll put none of the diseases on you which, have put on, which I have put on Egypt's, Egyptians. For I am the Lord. Uh, I, I, the Lord, am your healer. And that's the first mention of this word, Jehovah Rapha. He says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals. Right there, he said, listen, I want you to know that whatever you saw back there that makes you nervous, I am your Lord. I brought you through, and I am the Lord who's going to heal you. I can heal you of your diseases. I can heal you of your fear. I am Jehovah Rapha. Is that what it is? Then they came. To Elam, where they were twelve, there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. Here's what I want you to learn for this. Are y'all with me? So when he walks in, when they walk in, they come tomorrow. But I need you to understand, they stayed there, and all they did was drink. They drank the water. They watered the animals, but they didn't camp there. And boy, what a beautiful picture of us and our relationship with the Lord that there are times that all you do is drink at that location. People say, I love camp. Kids, you tell me, I love camp. I, I wish camp could last forever. No, no, no. 
camp is where you drink, but you're camped, you're encamped at your home. Does that make sense? He said, here's where you get your drink. I'm going to refresh you up. But you think that water tastes so good. But just drink me in. Learn from me. Trust me. Be obedient. Because I'm about to take you somewhere else. Learn to drink when God gives you water. Learn to drink when God gives you a spiritual breath. Does that make sense? But know that that may not be where he wants you to camp. That may not be where you may think, oh, God, thank you for doing this for you. I'm just going to stay right here. And God goes, no, don't stay right there. Because this was a good sweet water the sweet love I gave you the sweet direction I gave you but I'm about to send you somewhere else and you'll notice uh, the place that they sent him had 12 springs of water you need to remember these 12 springs were probably stretched out uh, throughout the, the, the land and he put the people in stages where they needed to be and it says 70 date palms so now I gave him date palms and they camped there beside the waters then he said here's where I want you to camp you thought you're, that I was providing for you with just a drink. But really, the big thing is I'm going to give you figs, dates, and nuts right there. on the. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you and provide for you. Look, it says this. It says, then they set out there from Elam, and all the congregations of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's where they were. That's why they hung out, because it's all about sin. No, okay, don't let people throw you in that sin was just a city. Nowhere in Scripture does it necessarily say that that was the picture of that they were in sin. Now, you can take that. Yeah, we could use it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not going to, it's going lead, to lead us spiritually closer to the Lord, not away. But at the same time, I can't sit here and tell you the reason it was sin is because of this, and nobody can tell you vice versa. But they're in between sure and sin. Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Now, some people would look at that, and that's okay. But to me, I think they're just telling us it was, it was sin, which is in between Elam and Sinai. And people go, well, they've taught for years. Well, that's where they sinned. They were, well, they sinned all throughout the whole 40 years. Yeah, it wasn't just at that one location. It says, and on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land, which is about, uh, which was about a three-month three really drive, a walk, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled again. And so here they are, grumbling again, complaining against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the sons of Israel said to them, with that we had died. I love that they bring that up. With that we have died. Look, uh, when we sat by the pots uh, in the hands of the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. We always go back to the past when things were good, and we want it to be where we are now. Anybody ever been there? I know where some of the best years of my youth ministry were for four years in Houston. I always go back there and say, what happened? And it got messed up because of pride, because of egos. And it just, a leader just messed the whole thing up in my opinion. But I always go back there and think that was a sweet time. But I got to tell myself, no, 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 I'm not there. I'm right here. And this is a sweet time. Does that make sense? So don't be careful. Don't go to the past so much that you think, oh, no, well, we had it good there. It says this, and then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. So what he's doing is he's saying, I need you to trust me. Some of you, now look right here, some of you go through things and you don't realize that the Lord's saying, through this that I'm allowing to happen to you, all I want is your obedience, all I want is your love, your obedience, and your loyalty. 
I need you to trust me. I've proven in the past that we talked about last week. You have a good history with me. Don't walk away from this. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. And sometimes you go, oh, why is this happening? You know, maybe God's going, I've allowed it, and I am sovereign, and I could have taken this from you. Or maybe he's saying, I didn't do this. You did this to yourself, but I can get you out of it. Right? They couldn't do anything when they were in Egypt about being slaves to the Egyptians. That was not their fault. But I'll tell you what, once they walked out, everything from that point on, if they would just listen to the Lord, if they would just trust him, most of the time, guess what? It was their fault. And sometimes when we talk to people, we don't want to be mean. The older I get, I realize it's being mean if I don't tell you the truth in love. That's why sometimes I look at people and I say, you know why you're in this, huh? No. And I go, you did this to yourself. You can't just blame everybody else. Some of it was from you. And so as we we go through this, he's sitting there going, hey, I'm going to give you bread, and I'm going to take care of you, and I want you to listen to my instructions. And on the sixth day, when they prepared what to bring in, uh, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses, so he says, hey, on the sixth day, you're going to go out and get some some stuff, some food, and it's going to be twice as much. Why? He was setting up this whole understanding of the Sabbath. Now, how many of you remember, uh, uh, how many of you remember, old enough to remember the blue law? Remember the blue law? Do y'all, don't you long for the blue law sometimes? Yeah, I do. The blue law was that, I mean, I, I think only grocery stores could open. You couldn't open anything. You, nothing was open. Some of you are going, what? I wouldn't know what to do. The blue law made people stay home. The blue law made people, f- families get together. Does that make sense? We rested, Right? And so uh, sometimes I wish we had to ask your parents about it, those of you who never heard about it. I mean, Sundays, pretty much everything was closed, right? And uh, he's sitting there going, hey, listen, on the sixth day, I'm going to give you extra stuff because on the seventh day, I want you to rest. So here's my deal. Now, I'm here every Sunday, you know, so I have to be, right, except when I'm on vacation, so this is a, a work day slash fun slash, so this is what I do in my day, all right? Now, usually I preach two services, but man, I'm kind of looking forward. I'm going to preach one. You got live stream here and stream, and then I go home, eat a little bit, I lay on the, clat, I lay on the, the couch, and I watch TV till I fall asleep. Yeah. And then... I get up when I want to, and I just feel rested. And you go, what do you do after that? Nothing. I swim at somebody's house. I eat somebody's food. I just do nothing. We've forgotten how to do nothing. And God at the very beginning of this said, on the Sabbath, you're not going to do anything. So I'm going to give you enough food on, uh, on the back side of this, this week, what we call a week. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings. The Lord hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Moses said, hey, why are you complaining to me? It's like people say, well, I don't like that. And I'm going, I didn't write the book. I didn't tell you. This is the, the art of forgiving people. The art of being kind uh, did not come from me. I'm not that good. It came from God. I didn't do this. Why are you complaining when you can't? It's hard for you to live. Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumbling. I want you to be aware of that. Would you grumble against him? And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. Look at verse, we're going through the whole thing. 
It says, Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. And it came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared to them in the cloud. See, there's the cloud. I just want you to know it was still there. The cloud was still there. Look, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. I want you to know that I did this. So it came about as evening as the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. All right? Look, and it says, And when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, uh, on the surface of the wilderness, uh, on the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. And when the, when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? That's what manna means. What is it? What is it? You ever sat at a table and looked at something that somebody cooked and you, you, you thought to yourself, What is it? I was, in a, uh, uh, I was doing some mission work in Chicago, and this Vietnamese family had invited us in. The, the guy worked for a cable company, and they had just become Christians, and we were these little missionaries coming in, and he said, uh, we would like you to come to our home. And when you went to their home, they gave you their best. It almost made you feel bad. We walked through the slums area, walked inside their house. There was about five of us, and they set us at this table, and next to the table was a bed. I mean, their house was very small, and they brought out Pepsis, and that was a lot of money for them. And the other students looked at me and said, what do we do? I said, you drink it, and you be happy. You eat everything at this table, because they, this is their way of saying thank you. We do not want to dishonor them. And so they would put things in front of us, and I... This was it, guys. We would sit there. Remember, this is a, a, a family that had been there a little over a year. He had learned English in a year. He said, oh, you eat, you eat. And I said, okay. And all these eyes, I don't know why. I wasn't the leader, but people just, the rest of the students looked at me like, okay, what are you going to do? And I'm going, and one of them mouthed, what is it? And I had learned through my Old Testament class not too long, and I said, it's manna, eat it. And so we all sat there, and I ate the first one, and it was really good, you know. And then the next thing came out. They brought it all one at a time, and I ate the first thing, and the, I, uh, they go, what is it? Because every time they would turn in there, they would say thank you, and they would leave and go to the kitchen. We were just eating with, that's what they did. And so I'm sitting there going, and I remember, do you know what this is? And somebody said, it's manna. And I said, just eat it. And we put it in our mouths, and it was like, okay, you're going to have to drink a lot of Pepsi with this, the kind that you go... You know, where you're, it's not good on your... And so they're looking at this stuff. They're going, well, what is it? And know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread which the Lord has given uh, you to eat. In other words, you're going to like it. And look, okay, you're going to like it. God's going, I'm giving you something good. It's probably the best bread they ever ate in their lives. I mean, it was made by God. Come on. And uh, it says, this is what the Lord has commanded. Gather, uh, uh, gather of it every man, every man as much as he should eat. And you shall take an omar, which is 10%, it says, uh, uh, of a piece, according to the number of persons each in you that each of you has in his tent. Watch this. Don't lose this. Here's where we get bored. It says, the sons of Israel... Uh, it says, the sons of Israel uh, did so. 
and so gathered much, and some little, and some gathered much, some gathered little. And when the, they measured it uh, with an omar, he who had gathered much had no excess, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. Isn't that cool? It was just enough. It's like the three bears. It's just right. It says, And Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. And here's the thing. And some... Some left part of, the, part of it until morning and uh, it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry at them. He said, do this. All it was was a little thing, y'all. Do this. Well, what is this? It's not hard. It's not hard physically. Get what you need. It's not hard, right? For us, Jesus made it even for us. We look at it, we make it, it became more difficult. It's difficult to be kind, isn't it? It's difficult to be patient, right? It's difficult to be loving at times. Look, but he said, I just gave you this. And they gathered, uh, they gathered it uh, by morning and every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. So by the end of the day, this would need, all this bread would fall. And they gather it and whatever is left, it was like, okay, we're going to melt it. Now, well, here's what I want you to know. Look right here. God left each person to what they needed to do. It made those, honestly, look, it made those who were lazy get up in the morning and start getting it. And it made those who were dishonest and say, well, I'll, get, I'll get it later. Right? It said, you can't have it later. You've messed up. I've given you this window. And God, uh, I believe, was teaching them, listen, I'm giving you these statutes, I'm giving you these regulations, but I'm doing it because I want you to trust me. He says, now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two others, two omars for each one. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath. It's rest. Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will, bake and boil what you will, boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So he said, I'm going to give you two days. And so they put it aside until morning as Moses had ordered, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Look. The Sabbath is so important. We've lost the Sabbath. We've given away the Sabbath to the world. This ought to be a day of rest. Remember what the Lord did, right? We've, we've given it away. It says, six days and you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. It came about on the seventh day that, oh, here it is, some of the people went out together, but they found it. Now, everybody look at me. I, here's what I want you to learn on this. Some of the people. I told you that earlier. Some of the people. Some of the people. Do you realize that some of the people are the ones that make our lives, right? You know what I'm talking about? That make our lives tough. It's because some of the people put gas in their car, put it back in the machine, and drove off. That you and I can't even put gas in our car and just go, hey, I got it, and pay. 
right? We can't put our whole, y'all don't know the joy of taking the gas thing, Dan, you know? You took it out, you put it in your truck, and you could walk inside that store and decide what you wanted to drink, decide what you wanted to snack on, and then walk up and go, pump number two, and they would tell you that. You'd buy your stuff all at once. You'd go out, take it out. Well, if you did that now, your, your truck would be gone, because some of the people, some of the people in America don't realize how free we are. We are experiencing what we're experiencing because some of the people, not the majority. Right? We go through this. Remember I said, and those of you who watched the video, I said, don't be arguing about masks. You know why I did at that? Because some of the people love to argue about stuff like that. And I would look at you and go, don't argue about that. Some of the people make coming to church, if you're not careful, not this one, but others, they can make coming to church, whether you're wearing masks, they make it divisive. Right? We will always have some of the people. Now, some of you are going to go to work or you're going to be around a family member and you're going to go... Uh, while they're talking or complaining or grumbling, you're going to think to yourself, oh, you're some of the people. Because they are. Some of the people steer things. You know, it's like that old saying, the squeaky wheel, get, uh, squeaky wheel gets, the, gets the grease, right? Man, I tell you, I don't like greasing squeaky wheels. Sometimes I just want it to, you know, just go away. Get a new wheel. I know, isn't that terrible? Get a new bike. But some people, and this is what would happen. Some of the people went out together, but they found none. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel named it manna. And it was like uh, corinda seed, white. And it's just, its taste was, I love this, like waffles with honey. I mean, come on. Look at it. Like, like wafers with honey. I said waffles. Wafers with honey. You know, they have these things that they give to you on the plane if you're flying. And they, it's a little wafer that has some type of honey in it. But I'm telling you, it tastes, I think it tastes like a waffle and honey. But these little wafers, can you imagine describing what it tastes like? It, it's so good. It tastes like a wafer and honey. Wafer. So when people ask you, well, what did they get? What did the bread taste like? You could say waffles and honey. No, wafers and honey. All right, here we go. It says, then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer full of it, of it be kept throughout your generations that they may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness and when brought out of the land of Egypt. For us, guys, everybody look right here. God's going to take care of us. And then Jesus reiterated this whole thing by saying, hey, if I'm going to take care of a sparrow, why wouldn't I take care of you? If my, my children ask me for bread, why am I going to give them a stone? Right? Well, you're going to be provided for. You know, I think of the worst case scenario. If all of a sudden everybody stopped coming to church and everybody stopped tithing, what would I do? I'd be Okay. Right? I would do what I had to do, and God would provide for me. Right? I would just take all the parcels of hope and take them to the house, and I had plenty of food. 
No, I, I know that God's going to provide even the biggest things some of us get really worried about. When I brought you out of the land of Egypt, and Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put it on Omar of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. He said, just remember, I will provide. And as the Lord commands Moses to Aaron, placed it before, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. And the sons of Israel ate the manna for 40 years until they came to inhabited land. And they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now Omar is a tenth of an ephraim. So it's telling you, I want 10% of this. I love what this guy said in, in a commentary I wrote, lazy people, and I, that's what I tried to quote earlier, lazy people were thus disciplining into getting up early enough to gather their food for the day, and competitive types were able to gain any advantage over others by gathering and keeping disproportionate amounts. It was a perfect system. Perfect system. So here's what I want you to remember. While they were grumbling and quarreling, God was leading, speaking, feeding, and weeding out people. Look at this in 17.1, very quickly. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel joining by stages from the wilderness of sin, according to the command of the Lord. And they camped at Rephidim, and, and, and there, was a, there was no water for the people to drink. So he does it again. God goes, let's see if you remember. Right? And therefore the people uh, quarreled, and, and Moses sees that's the first quarrel. Complain, complain, grumbling, complain, complain, grumbling. But right here it says they quit grumbling, complaining. Now they wanted to fight about it. Now they wanted to quarrel about it. Right? Complaining and grumbling to yourself will eventually lead you to complain to everybody, and then you want to fight about it. Right? It says, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted uh, for water. And they grumbled against Moses and said, why, why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? You notice they keep doing that. Anybody who teenagers that kind of had that way? Yeah, they always bring up the same thing. Or somebody brings up a mistake you made, right? They bottle it up and it always comes up, Right? Shannon and I laugh at this now, and I get to see Emily laughing. Uh, one day, uh, Shannon and I were, uh, we were in the car, and uh, my wife is uh, an incredible lady. She's smart, very smart, uh, but kind of in the back. She doesn't want to, but she's very good at what she does. And she's black or white, all right? And she said she's, she's the person that you wouldn't think so, but she can, she can help you get out of a slump. Well, you're just going to have to move on. Yeah, she does that to me a lot. So one day we were in the car, and I was talking about something I was struggling with, and she said to me while she's driving, you are so needy. <laughs> I mean, it was like, we laugh about it now because it was years ago. It was like my wife took a dagger <laughs> and poked it in my heart, turned it, went like this, and went like this, and said, okay, and left it there. And I'd walk around, and I'd go, hey, baby, when I'd hug her, that dagger would hit me. <laughs> and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be with her. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So we were on vacation uh, a week ago, and I guess Shannon and the girls were talking about stuff and relationships, and I was upstairs sleeping or something, I don't know, and, and they started talking about that, I guess, and, and Shannon said, yeah, you got to be careful what you say, because in the long run, it'll hurt. And she, I guess they, she told them that story, because you know what I do now? I mean, this was years ago. I'll always look at her and go, I'm needy, huh? Thanks. 
And she'll just go, oh gosh. Well, I had brought up to the girls and we were talking about, be careful what you say. It can really hurt. And, um, and they, my wife started laughing and they started laughing and I knew what she had done. I knew she had told her story. I said, you talked about it. She goes, we just talked about it. And she said, but I was trying to teach them that even though you want to say it, it's not always the right thing to say. And I said, yeah, it really wasn't. And it's still there for years. You know, it's, the knife is out. Boy, the wound's still there. And boy, I bring it up as often as I can for my benefit. All right? So what was it is but the people thirsted for water. And he said, what were you telling that story? Well, I think that uh, they just did not remember that after that, Shannon and I had a great conversation. And we really understood one another. And every once in a while, I just wanted to. And that's what they were doing. They were going to remember this. We, could, we ate in front of these pots and there was good meat. We were fine. And, and Moses is, can you imagine Moses thinking, you were a slave. You Watch my lips, you're a slave. And God going, I know, right? I freed them. Listen, you were a slave to sin. And you keep going, oh, I used to be a bad sinner. You were a slave. You're not anymore with Christ. Boy, I used to have an anger problem. You're, you've been saved. That anger can be washed away, right? Don't go back to it. But boy, we like to bring it up, right? Because we need a good testimony. I've even heard people who have great families that go, I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. You were brought up in a godly home and God still saved you, right? You have a testimony. So it says, they brought us up from Egypt. It says, so Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with these people? A little more and they will stone me. So that's the whole thing with Shannon. Sometimes we bring things up and he goes, look, I can't help them. A little bit more and they're going to stone me. Two times since I've been pastor, uh, I felt very uncomfortable in counseling situations. One of them came back. Just thought I was siding with the wife. Of course, I got real upset. Had to call the police. You know? That's, that's this. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do? Lord, I don't know what to do. These people are going to kill me. They're going to stone me to death. I need some help. Now, that's not you. I'm just talking about people you're trying to help. It's those who are police officers. They say one of the worst things about being, one of the worst things about being a police officer is when you go into a home and there is a domestic disturbance. <laughs> because they're fighting. You're thinking, I'm going to go home. And I've been in them. I've watched things happen. And I go, I'm not, I always tell people, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. Because what happens is, all of a sudden, when somebody else is in the mix, they love one another. And they hate you. And you're going, I just came to help. Well, get out. We don't need your help. We can beat each other to death without you. Right? We can do this divorce without you. And they turn. Look, it says, and Moses cried out. I said, man, they're going to kill me. I'm trying to help them. And they're going to kill me. What's this? Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile and go and behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb and you shall strike the rock of the water will come out of that, uh, will come out and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. So what was going on? I just, here, look, I'm, I'm telling you, we're getting out of 1130. It's 1126. Watch this. What I want you to show is between chapter 15 and chapter 18, it starts happening. They are consistently inconsistent with trusting God. And God is consistently consistent with providing for them. Does it sound like us sometimes? Our faith 
And he was setting them up going, I want you to trust in me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to be loyal to me. And so I just keep on telling you this. While they were grumbling and quarreling, God was leading, speaking, feeding, and weeding. And look, in 11, 11 uh, even verse 17, it says, And the Lord, and so Joshua overwhelmed Amalek. Remember, they went to Amalek, and Amalek began to say, I want to go to battle. This is all three chapters, 15 through 18. Look, so Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. He said, I'll fight for you. And then the Lord said uh, to Moses, write this in, a, in the book of a memorial and recite it to the Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Look, and Moses built an altar and, and named it the Lord is my banner. It's first mentioned Jehovah Nisi. Everybody look at that. First he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. And now for the first time in scripture, you hear this. I am Jehovah Nisi. Another way he was saying is when you went into battle, you had a banner. And when that banner was waving through the people, through the air, as they were going toward battle, they knew that was them. And that, that, if that banner fell, somebody would pick it up. Somebody would pick it up. It's still true today. Um, flag falls, somebody picks it up. Listen, and what he was saying is, I am your banner. I am Jehovah Jah, I am Jehovah Rapha. I will be your great healer, but I want you to know I am going before you, and you've met Amalek, and I'm going to take him down for you because I am Jehovah Nisi. I am the banner that goes before you. So you go, well, what do you, what do you want us to walk away with? I had all these points, and I couldn't... How do you take three chapters? I could have done this in five weeks instead of time. Well, so here it is. Here's some basics that we learned from all this that I walked over. Walk in obedience and loyalty to God. That's all he asks of you. Everybody look right here. Walk in obedience and loyalty to God. Those on live stream, you know what you got to do? I don't know what to do with my boss. He's so rude. Walk in obedience and loyalty to God. That's what you do. Rest and enjoy streams of God. There are times he's going to put you at a stream where you just take a drink. Sometimes I believe that every Sunday is, to, is a chance for us to rest in the streams of the Lord. Now watch this. If we were to take my sermon today, that's going to be right about 33 minutes. I guarantee you the majority of the things that we did today was me reading scripture. It's the most powerful part of what I do. It's not the stories I tell, although they help people remember things. It's not the humor I use in between to help you come back. I'll tell you the most powerful part. It's you should lay by the stream of the scriptures. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. That's why we read lots of scripture. Listen, just, just know that he's enjoy the streams of God, but there are times to drink and not camp. In other words, he doesn't want you to stay in that situation. He's giving you that, but you eventually got to walk out because he wants you to camp somewhere else in your life. Take full advantage when God does allow you to camp. Take full advantage when God is blessing you. Take full advantage when you think, you think wow, God's really been good to me. Take full advantage of it, right? Take full advantage of it. When God gives you a place to camp. Right now, I, for me, you go, what do you mean camp? Where are you camping, Pat? I'm camping in COVID. I'm camping at COVID. COVID, I can't even go to the stinking hospitals. It makes me so mad. I can't go. I'm dropping, I'm dropping meals at people's doors, and I'm walking away and waving. And I think, boy, if you could just give me about three hugs. I'm short, because COVID's made my hug. It's short. Some of you are going, good. Some of you are just enjoying. Uh, uh, Jesse is enjoying COVID because everybody leaves him alone, right? And I'm going to tell you about Jesse in just a few minutes. It says, while others are grumbling and, and quarreling, it says, your battles belong to the Lord. He's going to battle for you. Don't battle. I learned that. Let him go before you. He already had Amalek taken care of. He's your banner. 
Wretched began, I fear all the time I have this anxiety. Well, guess what? God is going to go before you. God, he is Jehovah Rapha. He'll heal you of that anxiety. And let others help you out. And the last, that's where this was. Where Remember, he's on Amalek, and what the story was is that Moses would get tired, and they would hold his hands up. Sometimes you need help being held up to make it through something. A lot of people think that they can do it alone, but you can't do it alone. So here it is. Walk away with this. While you or others are grumbling, quarreling, I know this. God is speaking. Right? God is leading, just like he did the Israelites with that, with that cloud. God is speaking. He was speaking to Moses, Aaron. He was speaking to the people. God is feeding you. He's providing for you. He's put friends in your life that you need. Everybody look right here. And he's feeding. And he's weeding. Some of you stick out like sore thumbs to the lost world because they go, how can, I, how can I look at you? And you're not even trying to be like Christ wants you to be. And you want me to join this? He's weeding, right? Weeds can be seen, can't they? But he wants to weed that and pull that out of your life so that what people experience is God. And then, listen, when you look, reading chapter 18, it just couldn't, couldn't go any further because I want to get to the other chapters to get this done. But in 18 is a beautiful story on God leading Moses as a leader to get people to help you. This is the part where he said, hey, get you some elders. You're doing this. You're standing up and you're judging before these millions of people and you need to let people help you lead, right? My elders taught me that about three years in going, you know, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to do everything. There's always one elder in, in the group that says, hey, guys, even though we've made this decision, uh, let's not just expect the staff to do it. It's, it's great because I'll, I'll just do it because I come from the generation that says, we pay you. You do it. And if I follow that line, I'm not even thinking biblically. You all with me? So, hey, this week, don't grumble, don't complain. Remember, there are going to be some people, and they'll come up in your head, oh, you're some people. But remember, God's trying to lead He's speaking. He's speaking to you. He's feeding you spiritually through others, through songs, through what you're going through. And he's trying to weed you out some stuff in your life that you don't need. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to be dismissed. Thanks a lot. And I want to tell you what we're going to pray for as we go is that uh, Jesse, you don't see Jesse here today. Uh, Jesse Lofton's grandmother passed away yesterday, and so he's helping with the family, take care of that. But y'all remember to pray for Jesse. And it, uh, this is like the fourth or fifth funeral. Um, even it's just hard because funerals are either very little people. It, it's another difficult thing for them. Where are they going to meet? Uh, what, the, what are they going to do? Uh, I know that uh, I've told him or he asked, hey, can we use the church? Or, yeah. And uh, even to get their 20 to 30 people together afterward. And I said, sure, you can use that. And so I may be sending a word out to maybe us do some desserts for them and maybe some other stuff. And if you can uh, help with that, just let me know. And uh, uh, But I'll let you know what they're going to do. They may not even do it. But pray for Jesse. All right. And, uh, man, it's good to see all of you. I really am. Good to see you, Miss. Good to see you, everybody. Good night. Uh, and we'll grow into this as we, uh, there's some people I hadn't seen in a while, so I'm excited about it. So I walked in and saw Josh up there. Look, I said, Josh is running sound. He'd been taking care of his daughter. Man, that's good, Josh. Yeah, did you bring donuts with you? Yeah, you messed up. <laughs> You need to get, no, that was your job, so you need to do that. Well, thanks to my staff and everybody, and let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much that you are speaking and you are leading, 
and you're feeding us spiritually, and you're taking care of us. And Father, oh, Holy Spirit, weed those things out of me. Because um, I know sometimes I'm some of the people. So help us um, to walk through this life and just cling to you, trust you, be loyal to you, be obedient to you. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for this wonderful story of Moses and all the things we get out of it. Help us through this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great, 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 great week.